COVID amnesty. How do I reconcile my objection to that with the Christian understanding of forgiveness? And that is what I'm going to explore through for a few minutes uh, tonight. So, welcome to Christianity Out Loud's Weekly Word. If you like it, subscribe. That way you'll always get notified of when one of these drops. I uh, did a different one last week. I was on guitar, just for something different, a bit of a slow news week. Um, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, go watch it if you didn't. So, there you go. Anyway, I was reading this week, again, on news.com.au, uh, that in itself is not necessarily a journalistic, necessarily, site. Sometimes it will take um, articles from other places and post them, not in a, uh, you know, copying sort of thing, give full credit, but that aside. The Atlantic calls for pandemic amnesty after mistakes during the COVID response. I'll do it with the inverted commas this time. The Atlantic calls for pandemic amnesty after mistakes during the COVID response. A major publication urging people to forgive one another for what we did and said during COVID. Emily Oster, I believe that's how you pronounce it, an author and econo economist at Brown University, I don't know much about Brown University, argued in a column for The Atlantic on Monday that it was time to move forward and heal the social divisions caused by lockdowns, school closures, mask mandates and other public health measures over the past two years. Uh, goes on a bit, also suggested most errors were made by people who were working in earnest for the good of society. Now, there was an interesting response. Um, by interesting, I don't mean it was, at least not that I saw, it wasn't vitriolic in its tone. Uh, but it was staunch, and it was almost immediate, and it was almost universal. Uh, basically, it was no. No. And I was one of those little old me here, little old Christianity Out Loud here in Brisbane, Australia. I was also one that went immediately no. And on... Um, some of my social media, uh, I was using the hashtag no COVID amnesty. I was using the hashtag COVID accountability. And that's still where I line up on this, having had a bit of a chance to think and dwell on my immediate response, which was straight away, uh, basically, you've got to be kidding me. That was the response. 
you know, I look at places like a lot of Australian states and major cities. Um, if I take Sydney, say, in the midst of the height of the last lockdown, okay, travel restriction, where I believe it was five kilometres, could have been more, could have been less. You weren't allowed to leave your home aside from a five kilometre radius, and that was to allow for shopping, basically. Um, you could travel further for work, but you weren't allowed to do anything when you were at work. Naturally, who does that benefit? You don't know much about Sydney. Sydney is one of the world's largest cities in the several million people live live there. Seven, eight million, something like that. It is a big place. <clears throat> so if you happen to be wealthy enough to live on the coast of Sydney, then a five kilometer radius means you are more than welcome to spend time at the beach. And that was fine. There was no problem with that. If you were not lucky enough to live on the coast or on the beach, then you didn't get that luxury. So if you were out west, in or it doesn't matter, anywhere other than the beach, coastal suburb, that luxury was not afforded to you. Um, if we come to Queensland here, there were different rules for different jurisdictions. There was a mask mandate at one point in the Brisbane City Council area, but not in the regional areas. Um, we had a, here in Brisbane, we had a 20 kilometer limit on our travel at one point, but we were able to travel further than that for work, but only if we were essential and all other business was to be conducted online, unless you're the Queensland Premier who had to travel all the way to Tokyo to present South East Queensland's bid to hold the 2032 Olympic Games, when I believe we were the only bid, or at least the only genuine bid, and that in fact could have been done via Zoom, but rules for thee and not for me the vaccine mandates which are imposed on everybody except for politicians and political staff to the best of my knowledge the mask mandates that Victorian Premier and Opposition Leader incidentally uh, were caught at breaking if we travel internationally for a moment and we look at somewhere like California Everybody's under lockdown except their governor that is able to travel and go to one of the most expensive restaurants and rack up a ridiculous wine bill of the several thousand dollars, no doubt at taxpayers' expense, 
indoors whilst not wearing a mask, breaking his own various mandates there. <clears throat> if we travel to somewhere like New York or Michigan, where those governors intentionally placed people infected with COVID into old age care facilities, thus causing, directly causing the deaths of who knows how many um, elderly people. Um, if we come back here to Australia, we couldn't travel across the state border here. I could not visit family of mine for oh, a while, six months. And yet the National Rugby League was able to fly families from Sydney into Brisbane crossing a border while us regular folk weren't able to do that. The closing of outdoor spaces, the closing of beaches, the mandating of vaccines to enter facilities, and the forced closure of schools and all of the known disruptions that that had developmentally and educationally on students and young children and the lists are there I mean you can go and go and look them up there's a common knowledge now these same people who were promoting all of those measures are now seeking forgiveness and amnesty and that's where I struggle, and I'm currently struggling at the moment. Funerals being limited to 10 people. Gatherings being limited in one's own private house. The absolute lack of bodily autonomy as far as a medical decision is concerned. And anyone who questioned the efficacy of a vaccine was called an anti-vax. And up until as recently as earlier on this year by some of Australia's chief health officers and state premiers and other politicians. The complete removal of personal liberty, the delays in citizens of one's own country being able to fly back here, the complete disruption of business and closures of restaurants, the 
enormous bill that was racked up in welfare payments which taxpayers here in Australia will be paying back for generations because governments decided who was important and who wasn't and who should work. Churches being forced to close by government and I've addressed my views on that in the past and churches should have had the intestinal fortitude to stand up and say no you don't dictate to us when we do and don't open the complete and utter destruction of a public conversation and we know that the response 98 pages or the review rather into Australian governmental response was absolutely scathing and these people wish for me to forgive them And I have a real struggle with that. Because if I go to Matthew 18, I'll get the chapter right. Matthew chapter 18. Part of a larger conversation that the disciples are having with Jesus. Incidentally, they started this chapter arguing about who was the greatest. Which I find slightly amusing given the circumstances. But... Peter came up to him, him being Jesus, and said, Lord, uh, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Now again, that is not a literal number. 77 is a literal number. It's not a literal number of times that you are to forgive someone. And if they get to 78, that's, that's done. You've, you've exhausted your uh, forgiveness allocation as dictated by Jesus. The point is that you are to forgive someone. And if I go back to the Lord's Prayer, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. My problem here is not with someone whose motives are genuine. And we've seen a number of them, albeit silenced and shadow banned on numerous social media sites, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, looking at you. Those people have made their peace and or have made their, their apologies and to them I, I okay we all make errors in acknowledgement of the error certainly I I do extend forgiveness because 
it was a, an opinion formed in ignorance, and I don't mean that negatively. It was an opinion formed via, I won't say a lack of information, via a narrative being formed around what information was made public. And now that a lot more information has come to light, those people have gone, oh, gee, how bad masks didn't work. Uh, the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission, doesn't prevent infection, and I would argue doesn't prevent serious illness or death from the virus, I would argue. Those people have come and gone, yes, I'm sorry. It is the virtue signalling people who wish to take the higher ground that I have the real problem with. And I'm taken back to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus stands there and points at people and says, you hypocrites. Do not listen to the hypocrites. Like a hypocrite actor, someone who says and does something different. Someone that has different standards for themselves that they have for other people. To Daniel Andrews, who destroyed businesses in Victoria and had different rules for Melbourne and rural Victoria. To Daniel Andrews, who had the Victorian police go and arrest pregnant women for posting things on Facebook. To Gladys Berejiklian, who was New South Wales Premier at that point in time, who locked down various parts of her state, but which only benefited the wealthy and the elite. To Anastasia Palaszczuk, Premier of Queensland, who prevented people from crossing the border, yet flew rugby league wives, girlfriends and families up here, who <clears throat> forced us to conduct most of our work online via Zoom, but managed to fly all the way over to Tokyo and back while citizens of Queensland could not fly back into the country without being vaccinated. So all of these people, the day that they come out and make their genuine apology and go, we were wrong. then I will extend a welcoming olive branch of forgiveness and say, yes, let's move on. But until people are held accountable for their actions, I'm just not interested. 
See, Christianity is not without accountability. It is not about accountability. If your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen, even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Okay. Daniel Andrews, Gladys Berejiklian, followed by Dominic Perrottet, Anastasia Palaszczuk, Michael Gunner in the Northern Territory, Mark McGowan in Western Australia, Let's Go International, Let's Go Gavin Newsom in California, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, hopefully she doesn't have too much longer left in charge. Let's go to Lord Fauci. We know your sins. We present them to you. We await your listening ear. Anybody who agreed, anybody still pro-vaccine mandate, pro-mask mandate, pro-lockdown, pro-keeping children out of school. I present your sin. And I await your listening ear. If I receive your listening ear, then I regain you. You regain me. If I do not get your listening ear, then until such time that I do, there be no COVID amnesty from my perspective. You are to me as a Gentile and as a tax collector. My opinion, if you disagree, Feel free to let me know. But that is my opinion. Until mistakes are acknowledged, until fault is accepted, until there is an acknowledgement of wrongdoing, these people who ask for amnesty are to me as Gentiles and tax collectors. Until next week. God bless.